Pastor Chris's podcast. Why did he make people so much like the animals and yet so different? Why did he Why does the story of creation in Genesis tell us all of this and what does it tell us about the creator's character? Genesis was written to help us know the truth about God. The creation story reveals the character of God and the life he offers us. If you want to know God, you want to know why we are here, you can find out by studying the story of creation in Genesis. And that's what we've been doing over the course of these many weeks. Today I want to read to you from the first chapter of Genesis and verses 24 through 31. Then God said, Let the earth produce every sort of animal, each producing offspring of the same kind, livestock, small animals that scurry along the ground, and wild animals. And that is what happened. God made all sorts of wild animals, livestock, and small animals, each able to produce offspring of the same kind. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let us make human beings in our own image to be like us. They will reign over the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals of the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God made human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. Then God said, Look, I have given you every seed-bearing plant throughout the earth, all the fruit trees for your food, and I have given every green plant for food for all the wild animals, the birds in the sky, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. Everything that has life. And that is what happened. Then God looked over all he had made, and he saw that it was very good. And evening passed, and morning came, marking the sixth day. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. On the sixth day, God created land animals and people. Science and religion have been embroiled in a unnecessary argument for at least 150 years. Science argues that people evolved from animals. Religion argues that this cannot be because it's not what the Bible says, not how the Bible describes it. Unfortunately, this whole debate misses the main point. Genesis was given thousands of years before the advent of science. It was never intended to describe the creation of the world in scientific terms. Genesis was written to speak to the mysterious, deep longings in the human heart. Longings to know the truth about God and our purpose and our meaning. Science offers information that's gained from observation. The Bible offers truth that's deeper than just what we see. It goes to the core of who we are. I wonder sometimes why it's so important 
that the sequence of creation in Genesis does not match up with the prevailing scientific theories of our time. Why is it so, so difficult for people to navigate these discrepancies? God must have told the story the way he did in Genesis in order to reveal a wisdom that is different than what science teaches. It's unfortunate that science and religion have spent so much time trying to prove each other wrong and fighting instead of learning from each other. It is much more fruitful to spend our time and energy pondering what is God really trying to tell us in the Genesis story. We see in Genesis that God works systematically, day by day, bringing order out of chaos. Day one, he simply creates light. Day two is the sky. Day three is land and vegetation. And each day, God moves to more and more complex systems until he finishes with the most complex of all, humanity. God is telling us something in all of this. Humanity is special in all of God's creation. People are different than animals. Each day when God reviewed what he had created, he recognized and he said it was good. But on the sixth day, after God created people, he says it is very good. What is it that sets people apart from animals? Why is it very good when we see people come on the scene? Biologically, humans and animals are very similar. We share the same basic structures and biological functions. We have skin, we have bones and muscles and a nervous system. Blood courses through our veins. But there's something special about humans that's different from animals. And it's more than just intelligence. There are animals that are smart too. And, you know, in some ways you could say that there are animals that are even smarter than people. You know, if you stick a person out in the woods and leave them alone for a week, they're going to die. But animals somehow, they don't have street smarts, they have wilderness smarts. They're going to get by. We're not smart enough to do it. Whereas they are. Some have said that being self-aware is the characteristic that makes humans different than animals. But we also see that many animals are self-aware also. Chimpanzees can sometimes recognize themselves in a, in a mirror and they can, uh, they know, hey, that's me. Genesis tells us the difference between animals and humans is that human beings, as it says in verse 26, human beings are made in the image of God. God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. The Hebrew word for image that Genesis used is the word Salem. Salem is the word that people would use if they were going to say, your son is the spinning image of his father. You know, or he looks just like his mama. They would say Salem. That's what it means. Salem is also the word that is used for idols or idol worship. Interesting. 
God created us to be like Him. Throughout the Bible, God continually forbids people to make or to worship idols. In the Ten Commandments, the second commandment is, do not make or worship idols of any kind. Yet this is a perversion that humanity has struggled with over and over again, even to this day. We can find insight in this, not just that we shouldn't make or worship idols, but we can also learn something about ourselves and God from this prohibition. We were made in the image of God. The reflection, we were made to be the image, the reflection, the representation of God in visible form. God wants us to be like Him. The same way that a son or a daughter is like their parent. We are the only authorized idols who may represent God. So you can't go draw a picture of God and say this is what God is like. You can't go carve a statue and say this is what God is like. If you want to see a representation of God, this is what the scriptures actually says. If you want to see the idol of God, the image of God, you've got to look at the person that's sitting next to you. You've got to see that that is the person, that is the only, these people... These human beings, we're the ones who were created by God and authorized to represent Him. That's amazing. You think about it. Of all the extraordinary creations that God made, you think about how vast the universe is and the stars and the planets and the moons and all the incredible plants and animals on this earth. None of them can represent God. The way you can. That's why God made you. People were the creatures God designed to represent Him best. Idolatry is such an affront to God because it is it fundamentally goes against the very core of who God is and who we are and our whole purpose for existing. When we make an idol... We attempt to change the whole order of creation. We try to make God the way we want Him to be. We change, the, we, we change everything. We try to make God in our image instead of recognizing that we were made in His image. We switch the roles of our relationship around until we are pretending to be the Creator while demoting God the God of the universe, to be our underling. It is a reversal that is an outrage to all creation and an abomination to God. Idols are not just a thing of the past or of primitive cultures. Unfortunately, idol worship is alive and well in our modern world right here in America. Some idols that we worship today are money, celebrities, power, possession, influence. People may be more actively involved in idol worship today than at any time in our history. And it's just as abominable to God today 
as it ever was. We engage in idol worship anytime we put something or someone or even ourselves before God. It is the very definition of sin. Letting something else besides God be the first priority in your life. This is not what God created us for. God created us to be a perfect representation of Him. And to worship Him as the center of our lives. We failed. But Jesus succeeded where we failed. We have lived as selfish, sinful people who do not fulfill our primary purpose in creation. We've done that for so long that we can hardly even imagine what it is supposed to be like to truly, perfectly represent God. So what are we supposed to do? What what does the perfect human even look like? Well, Jesus is the one that shows us. Jesus came to show the way. He is the perfect, uncorrupted image of God. If you want to see God, look at Jesus. He represents God the way humanity was supposed to from the beginning. And the most wonderful thing is, not only does Jesus represent God, He also offers a way to restore The image of God in us. So that we can too perfectly represent God. Right now, because of sin, the God image within us is broken. It's still there, but it's got cracks in it and it's distorted. But Jesus offers a way to put the pieces back together again. He says, repent of your sins and believe the good news. Mark 1.15 And Jesus laid down His life to pay the penalty for our sins and His blood shed on the cross washes away our sin. And if you accept the gift that He wants to give you, you can be forgiven and you can be made whole. All the things that you've done that you regret, both the mistakes and the things even that you did on purpose, can be forgotten. They can be put aside. All you have to do is believe, repent, turn away from your wrong way of living, and begin to follow Christ. You can do that today. And if you choose to follow Christ then He will immediately restore the broken relationship between you and God. And He will begin to actually heal the brokenness in you. So that as you follow Christ day by day, you will become more and more and more like Him. Which means you will also become a more perfect representation of who God is. But it all starts with a choice. What is it that Jesus often said? He said, come, follow me. The same thing He said to those fishermen on the shore, fishermen on the shore of Galilee is the same invitation He gives to you. Come and follow me. And it all starts when you say, okay. And you begin to take those steps. 
And this is a journey that lasts a lifetime. And today perhaps may be the day that you make that first decision to follow him. I hope that you will. But even for those of us who have been following him for a long time, we have to continually every day make a decision that we're going to continue following. Because we're people and we sometimes get distracted and we get off track. And sometimes we have to kind of come back, kind of have to wake up and, and refocus ourselves. And so maybe today that's what you need to do. Today you need to decide. I'm going to get back on track. I'm going to follow Christ. I'm going to let Him restore God's image in me. Because I don't, I want to reflect God perfectly. I don't, want to, I don't want there to be any cracks or imperfections in that image. I want it to be perfect. More perfect like Christ is. So if that's you today, I hope that you will pray to Him as we sing our closing hymn. Make that commitment. You're going to follow Christ from this day on.